Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. Yesterday, I was the subject of a Q&A at a local college, and somebody asked a form of this question. What happens when an idea doesn't show up? I talked about journaling and checking in with myself to see what I'm thinking about and wrestling with, but I failed to share the creative power of curating a library. Yes, I love the public library. I go there when money's tight or if I want to read a book I'm unsure if I want to buy. But over the years, I've been collecting books, films, and art, curating my own personal library of ideas. Sometimes all it takes is staring at the shelves and an idea or a collection of ideas based on the item that captured my attention shows up. While it is possible to build a digital library, I'm focusing on a physical library, an actual place where you can find solace and escape from the urgent needs of the day. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co 743. I wasn't particularly anxious for this monologue when I got up this morning, but there was something about Friday's newsletter that was unsettling. Normally, the second newsletter of the month is my series, At Work With, which focuses on creators and their workspaces, but I've had to move that around in the schedule because people are busy in December, and I failed to consider just how challenging it is to do anything in the weeks between Thanksgiving and the beginning of the year. So feed your curiosity was my plan. Usually I share a book, and the Angry Filmmaker Survival Guide Part 1, Making the Extreme No-Budget Film by Kelly Baker, has not been a disappointment at all. It's a fabulous book, but it would have been the fourth time I shared the book in two weeks. And I had to ask myself, was there something more, something that I was missing? So I walked into my office and chose to stare at the shelves. My eyes glanced at everything. A sampling of books in my field of vision included Ross Halfin's Metallica, The Black Album in Black and White, Terry Gilliam's Gilliam-esque, a pre-posthumous memoir, and Joe McNally's The Real Deal, field notes from the life of a working photographer. I've been obsessed lately with photography. Thank you for your work with Metallica, Lee Jeffries. And I remembered my friend Aaron Hockley interviewed Joe McNally when the book came out, so I pulled the book off the shelf scanned the table of contents, and gravitated toward the chapter called In Pursuit of Heroes. And away we go. An idea for the newsletter was born. But wait, as they say, there's more. The topic for this monologue was found in the short walk from shower, fully clothed, of course, to my office. The importance of having a physical library that contains an infinite number of ideas. All it takes is a moment or two to see where your attention drifts to, honor that focus, and see what comes of it. While I believe it's possible to build a digital library of books, films, and music, streaming and otherwise, it's difficult to escape to it without being pulled into other areas of the computer and phone. If anything, it takes more discipline to follow your focus So instead, I want to talk about curating your own physical library of ideas. So where do we start? 
I'm going to share five ways that you can curate and build your library of ideas. And it first starts with books. While I could consider myself a collector of books, a pack rat and borderline hoarders probably more like it, you don't have to go as far as me. I read widely across multiple genres and interests. On one shelf alone, there could be books about film, photography, creativity, writing, justice, novels, comics, economics. There is no rhyme and reason for how I have organized my bookshelves. In fact, I think the chaos is good for me. Color coordination takes work, and I'd rather pour my efforts into something important to me. I mean, I'm not trying to win awards on Instagram for how my office looks. But if that's your intent, you do you. And it's important that you know you don't need hundreds of books. Just the ones that inspire you, feed your curiosity, spark your creativity, all those things. Or as Marie Kondo says, spark your joy with the books around you. Don't read books? Then go for picture books, or photo books, or comics. No shame, I have them all, and some days I want to read a thousand-page book with six-point type. Other days, like today, I'm all about the pictures. But an important thing to know about books, it doesn't matter whether you read the books or not. They can influence the ideas just with their mere presence and thumbing through them. It's powerful. The second area to curate are films. And while in this episode I'm focused primarily on my office library, the other room in the house that is a part of my library of ideas is where I keep my film collection. I absolutely love physical media because you get to collect some pretty obscure films that aren't streaming or available anymore. And I might have time for a film, a featurette, or 10 minutes of audio commentary, but no matter what, there is something to be discovered in this part of the library. I consider film an infinite playground of intellectual, emotional, and visual ideas. And this is one area where digital works, as long as it's not part of a streaming platform. Maybe you're creating your own media server. I like the way you're thinking there. The minute the show or film is gone from streaming, there is no chance you come across it again. The issue with physical versus digital is how to allow the serendipity of the moment of staring at the design of splines and reading titles to pique your curiosity and go, hmm, I want to watch that. And again, I'm all about escaping the confines of the computer so that I only have to stare at the monitor so much. The third consideration for your library are instruments. The brilliant part of building your own library is that you get to put whatever inspires you in it. For me, I have musical instruments around, a guitar, a bass guitar, a keyboard. They're at the ready when I need to pick one up and jam out to some ideas. It's pretty amazing how even 10 minutes of playing inspires hours of creative ideation. But know that this isn't limited to musical instruments, because not everyone can play. Maybe you have cameras or art supplies. Anything that you would consider an instrument or a tool allows you to put something in your hand to transform ideas in your brain into actual objects. That reminds me, I even have a shelf devoted to tools. So there you go. It's in my library. The fourth important part of my library is art. No, not art the clown, but art. 
If the wall of my library isn't covered by a bookshelf or other type of shelf, then there is art on the wall. It's often work created by friends and family, signed posters from musicians, stickers, signs of affirmation, thanks mom, masks from my trip to Africa. Art is an important part of any library because it's the visual hit of inspiration we need but it's also the reminder of where we've been and what's important to us. One aspect of your library that fits perfectly in this category is lighting. I consider lighting a fundamental part of art. Right now I have my overhead light on with the daylight balanced LED bulbs fighting the gloominess of the rain and wind outside. But when I'm done here, I'm gonna turn on the lamp with a lower color temperature bulb so that I can get into more of a creative vibe and a flow with my work. And it's all about creating those different moods. Then that's the power of what lighting does. The fifth area of building a library pertains to artifacts. Similar to art are the things like Funko Pops and action figures of my favorite filmmakers, musicians, and characters that are on the shelves all around me. I can look at any bookshelf and see some <laughs> character and it makes me laugh or smile. But it also provides an opportunity to grab my focus and then say, hmm, I wonder what's hiding behind them on the shelf. They work to pull me in. They tell stories of where they came from. I mean, I look up in the corner of my office and there's Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh from South Park. And that was the best Festivus white elephant gift ever. But also I'm reminded of how much I've forgotten. And it's those forgotten memories that provide an opportunity for new stories and ideas to emerge. Especially when you start mashing up all of these five areas together at once. Now, while these are my five areas of the library of ideas, you might have different ones. Whether it's one room or your entire house, apartment or office, I encourage you to push yourself to create a happy place that you can escape to when life gets rough and the world gets noisy. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.